Hello and welcome to another episode of Archive Panic. I'm your host, Ben Nevin. And I'm Jacob Russell. And today we're going to be taking a look at John Carpenter's Escape from New York. But before we get into that, we have a little side quest for you. Both myself and Jacob uh, took look it upon ourselves to watch a... A brand new source film. Yeah, source filmmaker, yeah. Uh, called Emesis Blue. It's either Emesis Blue or Emesis Blue. I don't know what the pronunciation is. So. I don't think anyone does. Uh, Fuck them. Uh, but if you don't know what source filmmaker is, it's uh, the uh, uh, it's the software used by Valve just to like do their... <laughs> created by Valve. Yeah, created by Valve. Do they make cutscenes from it in their video games or do they just... They originally did, but I think... I don't know if they do... Themselves I, used to, I'm pretty sure they used to they make used the, to put them up the for the Team Fortress 2 stuff yeah. that was all made in Source Filmmaker yeah. uh, however our Source Filmmaker has more recently came into Infamy uh, courtesy of some certain Overwatch animations uh, that are available on some rather dodgy websites throughout the internet now you can watch people getting their arse fucked now <laughs> I was trying to be delicate about the situation, Jacob. No, there's no point. This episode is labelled as explicit anyway, so might as well. Nah, yeah, fucking cunts. But actually, I said we wouldn't start an episode with that, and we've just done it. No, we but didn't. I mean, I was, I was actually talking about starting an episode, just me going cunt. But you know, well, we've done it now. But yeah, Emesis Blue, Emesis Blue. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of theorising about this this movie about what it means and whatnot, and it is available for free on YouTube on the channel Fortress Films on the channel Fortress Films yes uh, Emesis Blue spelled as it sounds E-M-E-S-I-S the colour blue mm-hmm. it is to put it as briefly as I can fucking fantastic uh, I loved every second of it mm-hmm. uh, the film is filled to the brim with easter eggs and references to other horror media uh, slash thriller media as well, mm-hmm. and you can just not going to do a breakdown of everything that it references because there's countless uh, videos on YouTube that do break down each individual Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. film itself, however, holy shit, this is incredible. And the fact that this was made in Source Filmmaker, which is not a, we'll say, not a professional piece of uh, animation software, it is very much in the kind of uh, prosumer, sort of consumer range. Yeah, this isn't uh, like those. That, this yeah. isn't like those old uh, idiots of Gary's mod videos. Um, this is some proper cinematic shit, you know. Jesus <laughs> Christ, you just took me right back there with the idiots of G, the idiot box and all yeah, that. Yeah, there was that. There was those. There was the, the G mod idiot box. Uh-huh. That was the. Oh my god, I used to watch those all the and time. Was, uh, what was it? John Freeman, the brother of Gordon Freeman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah, now you're taking us back. But anyway, yeah, this is a far cry. Uh, from those is a fantastic psychological horror uh, that deals with a wide variety of things. Most it wears its influences on its sleeve, as I said. The most notable of which is the Stephen King st- short story, The Jaunt, mm-hmm. which uh, you could make an argue that this is potentially an adaptation of a very loose adaptation at that, but it does borrow very heavily from uh, the subject matter and theming of that book, as well as a couple of lines. The the classic, uh, it's longer than you think. Uh, does appear. Longer than you think, Dad. Yeah, that does. That line does crop up a couple of times throughout the movie, and when it did, I was shitting my breeks. 
So I, I just watched yeah. that thing just out the, just on a whim. I just saw it, it being uploaded like a month ago or something, and I just put it on. Yeah, as of, record, <laughs> as of recording, I think it's like two or three months old, if even that. Uh, probably two by now. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, uh, I I just put it on it. Well, I hadn't heard of it. I stuck it on. And I was holy fuck, <laughs> yeah, blown away. And then you immediately recommended to me that I watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the lighting that is used throughout the film is fucking incredible. Uh, reflections in characters' eyes are frequently used to make you feel unsettled. You want some good lighting? You watch that bit where Pyro shows his face. Holy fuck. <laughs> Spoiler, motherfucker. It's <laughs> in all the fucking fan videos of it, you know. True, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> People have started making, like, AMVs of it now. When was the last time you saw a fucking AMV? Yesterday. No. <laughs> but it was one of the Mises Blue, to be yeah. fair, so I can't, <laughs> I can't say shit. But, uh, yeah, no, honestly, if you are even passingly interested in animation, watch this film, because it is a masterclass. It's like if Pixar made a horror movie. No. <laughs> well, I always thought that the, the animations in TF2 looked like Pixar characters. So if you want to see, like, degree, yeah. so if you want to see like Pixar characters, Pixar-looking characters in a fucking horror environment, there you go. It's good shit. If you want to see Pixar films in a horror envi- Pixar characters in a horror environment, just watch fucking Toy Story three. I'm talking about horror movies, not a fucking snuff film. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Mises Blue by Fortress Films. Go, go watch that shit. It's Absolutely fantastic. Masterclass of do, and doing the best with what you have. Mm. Uh, both from the voice acting performances, which are all, all incredible. Uh, also, massive shout out to, was it Rick May, I believe his name is? Could tell you. <laughs> uh, the original voice of Soldier, uh, to whom the film is dedicated. Mm. Uh, was that that was? Uh... Yeah. Uh, the original voice of the Soldier in Team Fortress 2, who passed away quite recently. Mm. And the film is dedicated to him, which is a lovely, lovely sentiment because the soldier is a main character in this film and done incredibly well. And yeah, just honestly, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about this film because I don't want to give away some of the surprises that occur throughout it. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth a watch, uh, whether you're in animation, whether you're in horror, whether you're into both. If you're, even if you're just, like, even if this description has just piqued your interest in the slightest, it's completely free. It's about an hour and a half long, so it's a feature film. Give it a watch, and you will not be disappointed. I can yeah, guarantee yeah. that. And shout out to all my pyro mains out there. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and I say that from the bottom of my heart as someone that means spy. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, before we get Fucking to. I hate coming up against pyros that know what they're doing. And also, before we get into Escape from New York today, I also want to tell you, I had a near-death experience today. Or I thought I was going to die today. You did not tell me this part of the recording. What the fuck? Oh, well. <laughs> what the fuck did you do? And so, wait, what the fuck did you do? And while I need to cut this out later. No, <laughs> okay. no that's fine. Sorry. So, I was helping uh, my dad take a deconstructed couch to the, uh, the dump today. Uh, by deconstructed, I mean he fucking tore that shit apart. Um, <laughs> he had the metal frame of it in the in the you know we we put the back seats down. We had the metal frame, um, you know, and everything else in the in the back of the car. So much, but the thing was so fucking long, we couldn't actually shut the uh, the, the door of mm-hmm. the of the boot or the trunk, as you fuckers call it. But yes, the trunk. 
We couldn't shut the trunk door, so that was open. So the car was constantly going beep, beep, beep. If uh, somebody had hit us from the front, the driver behind us would have had a fucking Final Destination 2 moment. And if we were hit from behind, we would have had a reverse Final Destination 2 moment. Well, not reverse, because there's that one where there's that kill in the same movie where uh, they're trying to release the woman from the fucking... Uh, yeah, yeah, And the airbag goes and she... Yeah, because we, we had a f- spiky bits of wood sticking out in between the, the, the front two seats as well. And, uh, yeah, I thought I was going to die. Um, I had a great time. <laughs> Alas, I did not, so I'm here. I mean, what you just confessed to is technically illegal, but you didn't name any names, so we're fine. So, <laughs> this is true. But yeah, so how is your day been? <laughs> Better than yours, it would seem. Ooh. Escape from New York! <laughs> yeah, no, my day's just been fairly chill. Uh, looking forward to going to see Renfield, which comes out soon. Mm. Uh, I'm always into I'm, I'm always into every telling of Dracula that looks like it's going to do something new. And I like Aquafina. Aquafina's class. Uh, Is it Aquafina or Aquafina? Aquafina, I think, because it's like water. It's spell A-W, though. I don't fucking know. Mm. It's got Nick Cage in it. That's all I needed to fucking know going into it. Mm. Nick Cage is Dracula. Come on, that is fucking gold. Also, uh, Nicholas Holt is in it, and he's pretty good, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was good as Beast in fucking uh, Days of Future Past. Oh, wait, yeah. But yes, yeah. Escape from New York, why we're all here today. Uh, we're continuing our John Carpenter. <laughs> that like it was a fucking sermon. <laughs> <laughs> now, to, now to the book. Our Lord God, Snake Plissken. <laughs> he who fed uh, the fruit of the tree. Play, charge your glasses and be upstanding for our <laughs> Cover your eye. <laughs> But yes. Not the good one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Escape from New York. We're continuing our John Carpenter filmography. We're truly into the 80s now. Well, I say truly. It's 1980. It's 1980 on the dot. It's 1981. Alright, oh, well, fuck me then. 80 was the fog. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I had seen this. Have you, you, you hadn't seen this movie before, have you? Pardon me. No, I had. I was familiar with it. Mm. I hadn't seen the full thing. I'd seen, like, clips here and there. Uh, because as. Uh, oh. Fuck me. I, I hate that I need to say this sentence, this sentence but as a gamer, uh, I played a shit ton of uh, Metal Gear Solid and as a result of that, I'd done a lot of research into that franchise because I really liked it at the time. Found out about Snake Plissken being the inspiration for Solid Snake and then... Is it inspiration or just plagiarism? Uh, inspiration, more so than anything else, because the actual character of Solid Snake is completely fucking different. Yeah. The only thing they share is a name and an eye patch. That's pretty much it. Like, vaguely look like Kurt Russell a little bit. I'll give you that for like Metal Gear Solid 4 when he's older, but not like like Young Snake doesn't really yeah. look like Kurt Russell. But yeah, same with you. Well, I'd, I'd seen this movie years ago, um, like similar with The Fog, like up to a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And I, along with The Fog as well, I remember being somewhat, um, I don't know what disappointed is the word, I think, just kind of nonplussed about it. <laughs> I didn't really care much for it, you know. Uh, it was what it was. Uh, I actually remember Escape from LA a lot more than I did Escape from New York, but there you go. For shame. Mm. <laughs> That's one that I have seen. Mm. But I no. I tell you all the time. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I enjoyed it a lot more than the last time I saw it, but uh, I've seen this to you earlier. I wouldn't call this an action movie at all. Honestly, I would. I would yeah. say that this is definitely an action movie. There are points in it where it gets a bit more sort of suspense, kind of thrillery. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was just would have been just I, I would have described it as just like a very moody thriller. See, mm. I would say this isn't I would say this is as much an action movie as say OG Die Hard. Because it has the same kind of almost well not the same, but a very similar structure in that it's one big and it's like one big fuck off action sequence and then quiet for quite a bit of time to the point where you're almost asking yourself what's going to happen next what's Mm going to happen next then big fuck off action sequence or big one-to-one fight with a big with a bad guy quiet 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 final confrontation like that's kind of i feel like defining an action film in the current current year argument 2023 this isn't john wick has been spoiled by films like The Matrix, John mm-hmm. Wick, and the Marvel films for being. We expect action now to be basically one constant fucking firefight. I wouldn't even go as far as say that. I would say it was, uh, it was probably spoiled by, uh, you know, the films that will come out within the next couple of years after Escape from New York, like Schwarzenegger movies or Stallone movies. True, yeah, true. Yeah. But there is that as well. But there is the. But even those, when you watch back a lot of them, with the exception of some of. The, like films like Commando and whatnot, like you watch back the likes of uh, talking to Schwarzenegger, you watch back the likes of say Terminator Two, mm. and it has a lot of like slow moments. There are like maybe I want to say five big action set pieces in that movie, yeah. off the top of my head that I can think of. Probably, and a a good two hour movie, and each action set piece tops out at about ten minutes maybe. And that ten minute, that ten twenty minute action piece I'm talking about is the fucking final confrontation. Mm. <laughs> so like, action films of that period tended to be more faced on, like less faced on let's make fucking hunters of bullets fly. It was more about let's take the budget that we've got and spunk it all on squibs for one good fight scene, unless and then work the rest out later. Unless uh, you're a canon <laughs> film. Unless you're a canon <laughs> film, in which case you just said. You just said, all caution to the wind, let's kill every motherfucker we put on screen. And then <laughs> let's make a, let's make vaguely fascist movies. Canon movies. Yeah. yeah. Fucking love canon films. Not that I'm a fascist, but I'll fucking love canon films. <laughs> I guess, fucking love fascism. <laughs> <laughs> I am Italian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's go on Mussolini, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bella, ciao, 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 da, da. That's an anti-fascist song. Yes, yes, I need to confuse both sides. <laughs> oh, actually, a double agent. <laughs> but I, I, I really quite liked Escape from New York. It has to be said, I, I do oh, quite like yeah. I was very surprised. The music in this film was fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's a that's a running theme with Carpenter. Even in his like, even in some of his worst films. The soundtrack is still fucking awesome. Yeah, I remember uh, it was an interview with Carpenter where he said like uh, the only reason he started making the music for all his movies was that um, he, he had no money. <laughs> so yeah. you know, and he, he might afford to pay a composer. Yeah, like the only I think the only film did he do the music for Dark Star? I don't think he did. Did he? No, I think a lot of that was like. Was that just stuff? So yeah, I don't know. He didn't do the theme song. That was uh, some country star. But um, yeah, yeah, so like the only um, the only movies that we've done so far of Carpenter where he hasn't done the music has been Dark Star and uh, Someone's Watching Me. Yeah, and that was all stock stuff, wasn't it? So no, I think that was composed. For oh, was it? Really? Yeah, I'm wow. pretty sure. 
But yeah, um, the music's fantastic. There's parts of it that make me feel like it's going to turn into like Don't Fear the Reaper, which is a lot of cowbell. Just because there's a cowbell doesn't mean it's going to turn into fucking Blue Oyster Cult, okay? I wish it did, though. I do like Blue Oyster Cult. I do like Blue Oyster Cult as well, I have to admit, they're a fucking great band. That new album's fucking fantastic. I've it's not listened to it yet. Symbol Remains. I say new album, it's been out for like two years now. But yeah, I've, still not, I've still not got around to it, I've got so many albums I need to fucking listen to. But I'm too busy watching these fucking films with you <laughs> to actually <laughs> sit down. Before the pandemic, right, I was going to go to the Hydro to see Deep Purple, and opening, deep, opening for Deep Purple was Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, I'm, still, I'm raging for you that that mm. didn't go ahead. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it would have been such a fucking good gig. It would have been. And then I just never got tickets for like the reorganised show, so who knows. But um, Anyway, that's, yeah, the soundtrack is shit hot, as mm. per usual. And this movie has atmosphere for days. Oh, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the set, like, let's take a minute to talk about the set design in this movie. Holy shit balls! It is perfect for what we, for mm. what they're trying to do. Did you hear about where they actually filmed all this? Where? Well, the city parts. So they filmed it. Uh, they filmed some of it in East St. Louis, which is his own city, not to be confused with St. Louis, but his own yeah. city is across the river. But like in the seventies, in the mid seventies, they had a massive fire. <laughs> oh no! And they just didn't. And East St. Louis was kind of like the shit place anyway, so they didn't. So they just didn't bother rebuilding. Yeah. So they were like, "Fuck it, we'll film there." <laughs> And they yeah, did. that's fair. And they managed to also uh, uh, talk the city council into cutting the power off there for like for ten blocks each night. Holy shit! Yeah. So I don't know where they got the money for that from because this is a fairly low budget, like a lot of uh, carpenter movies. But you know, yeah. And uh, but if you want to talk about set design, if you uh, the um, the interiors are all awesome. Well, yeah, those. But like uh, at, the, at the intro of the movie, um, where where all the police are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The 80s and the 70s was like the last time you could do this. Um, I suppose you could do it now, but like this was the at, during that time where if you were filming a sci-fi movie, you just went into a newly built building. Yeah. <laughs> and pretended it was the future. Pretty much, um, yeah. You just went into a new building and went, this is the future. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this, that is a point that it makes. This film takes place in the far off and distant future of 1997. Soviet Union still exists, apparently. Yeah, uh, six years too late for that one. <laughs> Sorry, big man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Made a bit of an ass of that. But hey, ho, <laughs> he can't predict the future. No. <laughs> uh, but it does fun, seem... fa- fun fact, depending on when and the year this film takes place, we would have been fucking one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it takes place in the middle of the summer, you'd have been two. I'd have been one still. Mm. But yeah. We would have been little babies watching yeah. watching on the news as Snake Plissken tells everyone, hi, I'm no actually deed. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of watching shit in the news and thinking yeah. it was... Mm. Let's not... Like, right. The World Trade Centre is in this movie and plays a vital role in its plot. I'm convinced that... I'll, no. No, I'm convinced that Osama got the idea from watching this. Because as we know, as we know, when he was neutralised as he was was killed they found a bunch of hard drives that had a bunch of movies on them and anime and all that shit he was a film fan I'm convinced he saw this movie and was like that's a good idea no no I'm I am not convinced I do not but I'm not going to let you I mean sure they sure they didn't crash into the World Trade Centre the plane they they kind of did the glider they kind of did though they crashed on top of it 
Yeah, but the actual plane with the president they didn't crash into the World Trade Center. That was just some fucking building. But I just crashed in the streets of New York. Yeah, it crashed into a building. You see it in the Oh yeah, yeah. You see it in the diagram. <laughs> but I'm convinced he saw this movie and was like, mm, yeah, that's a good idea. What if I'd done that but flung the big one at that one? <laughs> <laughs> what if we did what the glider didn't do? <laughs> what if we had go bed or go home? <laughs> What if we finish the fucking job? <laughs> <laughs> We're an anti-Al-Qaeda podcast. <laughs> until, we t- until we talk about the Rambo movies, in which case, thank you to the fighting forces of the Taliban. Oh, fuck me, man. Yeah, right, that shit. Do you remember when James Bond... Rambo Yeah, James Bond yeah, yeah. did it in Living Day. Like, Timothy Dalton teamed up with Al-Qaeda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a fighting forces Al-Qaeda. It wasn't even the Taliban, it was just Al-Qaeda. Mm. Fucking hell! Eighties <laughs> uh, were a weird time. <laughs> Every time is a weird time if you look at it through like the fucking geopolitical shit. Like it's fucking mad. Snake Plissken didn't care. <laughs> Snake Plissken doesn't care about shit. Snake Plissken. Snake Plissken is the archetypal uh, John Carpenter character. Yeah, this is yeah. somebody that the Carpenter wants to be. Uh, so badly. <laughs> oh my god, you can tell that this is like he wants to be like this is his man with no name. Like this yeah. is what that is telling. And you can see the groundwork laid for this character in Assault and Precinct thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, Through um, uh, Napoleon. Yeah, Nap- yeah, Napoleon. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Ah, fuck, Snake Plissken's a cool motherfucker, but you know, he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, every John Carpenter main character that we will see up to this point. Well, it gets worse. Uh, just wait until James Woods is in Vampires. Fuck that, just wait until we get to Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> he is an absolute card carrying asshole. Like that uh, is. I still haven't seen that, but we'll get to it. Again, you're coming in here to watch that. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I want to see your face when that film happens to you. <laughs> when it happens to me that's the only way to describe watching Big Trouble in Little China you don't sit down and watch that movie that movie fucking happens to you that's what <laughs> you bought the ticket now take the ride exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, okay God. well you know I watched that film when I was like nine <laughs> I saw the ending of that I'm pretty sure when I was like 10 it was on TV I just remember some guy like inflating with a knife in the face no just some fucking guy inflating and then blowing up well, that's near the end but yeah that's all I remember of it <laughs> but you know well, that is the ending yeah you're right uh, so anyway now into the shall we get into the nitty gritty of the film now or is there anything little bits of oh yeah Tom Atkins is in this shit he has his moustache he has his moustache finally he's Tom Atkins as we know and love him also did you notice that this movie um I mean, obviously, Arkham City took a lot of inspiration from this. Back you know? time, yeah. Do you notice the plot basically follows it as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the wall yeah, off the plot, Yeah, it is the plot of Arkham, the Arkham City. Snake Plissken, has a, Snake Plissken has a time limit to do something, or else he'll die. Yeah, Batman, because of something yeah. that he's been injected with. Yeah, Batman gets injected with Joker's blood. If you want to get really fucking granular about yeah, it. Yeah, Batman gets injected with Joker's blood and then he'll die if he doesn't find a cure and instead like, of finding the president. You know. Yeah, if you want to also get, get even more fucking granular with it, we can see inspiration for the Suicide Squad because at this point the Suicide Squad does not exist even in DC Comics. I haven't seen the Suicide Squad. Uh, it didn't even exist in the comics yet at this point yet. Mm. I believe. I think Suicide Squad came out... Maybe nine. I want to. Say, it feels like a nineties invention, but I think it was probably mid eighties. Uh, if I had to take a guess, but uh, yeah, no. Suicide Squad would later borrow from this film as well with the bomb in the neck mm. thing. 
<laughs> what is this? Some kind of Suicide Squad? That's all I know Fuck about. Fuck that movie. That's all I know about the movie. Fuck <laughs> that movie. The sequel is a billion times better. Oh, and the Joker with his shitty laugh. <laughs> but, you know. Jared Leto was a cult leader and an absolute cunt. Jared Leto's a beast. Yes. Is he? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Do you have any evidence to back up the fact that the man's a beast? The man runs a cult. Yeah, true. He's probably a beast. Uh, if you're on a cult, you're probably also shagging wings. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> Why did you make that noise? Oh, no. That was the wrong fucking sound to make. That fucking Homer Simpson with a donut fucking sound effect. That wasn't that. That was... Yeah. That was a, no, that was a that was a sound of disapproval. It didn't sound like that. It, no, if like it was Homer stuff. Simpson gr- drooling over fucking uh, prepubescent wains, it would be him <laughs> going. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> mm, virgins. Fuck off. <laughs> Not like this. You're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm gonna head out everything but you going mm, virgins and then just post it and see what happens. But uh, let's let's talk about the cast of this movie, right? Um, you know, we have a lot of the the, the carpenters. Well, we have the, yeah, we have the carpenter regulars. We have your Charles Cyphers, you know, Charles Cipher, Donald Pleasant, Tom, Tom Atkins, Adrian Barbeau, Adrian Barbeau. The- Although I have to, I have to also mention this, right? But I forgot to mention this during the fog, during mm-hmm. our episode of the fog, right? Oh, okay. But so, John Carpenter is well known that he was dating Deborah Hill. Yes, his producer. And uh, she produced this movie. She produced The Fog, um, and Halloween, you know. Um, Famously, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carpenter met Adrian Barbeau while filming Someone's Watching Me, and then they started yes. dating, and they got married. Right? They got married when they were making The Fog. So, what the fuck was that working relationship like with Deborah Hill afterwards? That must have been awkward as fuck. Depending on how amicable the the breakup was, mm. because it could have just been a case of it could have just been a mutual thing, like just that. Oh, yeah, we're not working out. She clearly. did produce. She did produce this, which comes out after. But I don't think she produced the thing. No, I don't think they worked together again after that. I don't know. They I might have done it for Escape from LA, but yeah, they probably did. <laughs> but that's that's gonna be a weird working relationship. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't like to judge. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I wouldn't do it, you know. Yeah, don't shit where you eat. That's my policy. Yeah, Age of Barbo is pretty good in this though. Yeah, and we, yeah, we also, and you know, Donald Pleasance is Donald Pleasance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you seen that movie uh, that he's in called Deathline? No, I haven't. Oh, it's fucking good. Right? Okay, it's from the seventies horror movie where he's playing a a London police officer detective. There's all these grisly murders happening in the underground, and you know who's murdering all these people? Who? Subterraneans. Oh. So it's him going through the London underground fighting mole people. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> but yes, but we also were introduced to uh, uh, Lee Van Cleef. Yes. Most famously, probably most famous, known for um, being the bad in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. Um, Carpenter. Is on the record as casting him because you know he just Carpenter always wanted to make westerns. So. Yeah. And oddly enough, there's a um, at the near the very beginning of this movie, there's a part where Lee Van Cleef's character is just walking down a corridor, talking, dumping some exposition on us. Right? Yeah, yeah, casual. 
Lee Van Cleef has said that that's the most difficult thing he's ever had to film. Okay. And I was wondering why the hell is that so difficult? Apparently all these old school actor type people, mm -hmm. they would go, they would find their mark, they would give their line, and then they would go off somewhere else. Yeah. Apparently he just never really did walking and talking much. Oh, okay. Giving, giving well. a lot of exposition. So, hardest thing to film is relatively simple, but whatever, you know. So from a filming standpoint, it was easy as shit, but from an acting standpoint, he just couldn't get his legs and mouth to work at the same time. Apparently, yeah. Well, no, that's fair enough. <laughs> that's also a thing, that could also be a, a callback from him starting in theatre as well, because you're told in theatre, like, don't walk and talk because it's fucking kills. Mm. I've seen, because nine times out of ten, the audience are going to be so focused on where you're going and what you're doing. That your the line just gets swallowed, and also it fucks your projection a little bit as well, because the source of the sound changes. Not as big a problem in film. In fact, almost a non-existent problem in film. Yeah, it's always mic'd up. Not necessarily mic'd up, but you can ADR things. Yeah. You can like fuck with the sound mixing. Uh, a lot of people watch with subtitles, which also helps, myself mm -hmm. included. Never do that, but theatre actually. But mm. yeah, no, no, walking and talking is a big no-no. Uh, in theatre for that specific reason is that nine times out of ten the sound will just get swallowed that's because fair when you're, whenever you're speaking in theatre ideally you want the sound to be coming out towards the audience yeah. you don't want it bouncing off the. you don't want to be talking while you're walking away downstage if you're walking from stage left to stage right you're going to be shouting off stage so the sound's going to get swallowed by the curtains and the acoustics of it's going to get fucked mm -hmm. it's, so yeah mm -hmm. that's the thing yeah, you learn something new. <laughs> so yeah, that's why in film, and especially, you will see a lot of actors really, especially when they come from theatre, really fucking struggle with exactly what we've just talked about. Yeah. The idea of being of walking, of doing a shot where they're just walking down a corridor and chatting, is fucking murder. But yeah, so yeah, I never really would have thought about that for future, but yeah, yeah no, so yeah, it's a big deal. So you know, the cast is fantastic. We also have Isaac Hayes, legend. Yeah, big chef from South Park. Fuck yeah! <laughs> and, um. <laughs> can I just say his little minion man really looked like Steve Buscemi to me? Yeah! <laughs> it's not, I, but. I've been know. calling Frankenkid this full time. Frankenkid? Yeah, because he kind of <laughs> looks like. Didn't he? He kind of looks a little bit Frankenstein y with the makeup and stuff. He looks like if Steve Buscemi was a meth head. What do you mean, if? Steve Buscemi isn't a method. Steve Buscemi's a nice, wholesome man. <laughs> I know, but I just think it's a funny joke. <laughs> so fuck your facts. Steve Buscemi is a wonderful person who used to be a firefighter and helped out in 9-11, which is funny. More Al-Qaeda connections. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know this is radio, but the face you just fucking made. <laughs> That's cool. It's pure fucking panic in your eyes there. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Steve Buscemi was in on it. But <laughs> Steve did. Fuck Bush. Steve did 9 11. Not George Bush. Steve Buscemi. Not Bush Buscemi. <laughs> no. But <laughs> Steve Buscemi is even in this movie. <laughs> you fuck all to do with it. <laughs> Tenuously linking him to this. I don't even think you could do seven degrees of separation and do this to, to, to fucking him in this movie. You probably could. But, uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think if you could. Uh, you could probably link him and Kurt Russell fairly easily. Was Michael Madsen in any of the Fast and Furious movies? What? <laughs> Michael Madsen. 
I don't know. I've not watched any of the fucking Fast and Furious movies. I have, and I don't really remember. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no wait. I can link them in. I can link them in three. Okay. Kurt Russell was in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was also in Death Proof, directed by Quentin Tarantino, who done Reservoir Dogs, which stars Steve Buscemi. There you go. Okay. Buscemi is part of this. Oh God. Yeah, he is. But anyway, yeah. And the link is. Al Qaeda. <laughs> 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 but we also have uh, Ernest Borgnine uh, and like <laughs> let's jump off this fucking train wreck Ernest Borgnine, <laughs> is only, Ernest Borgnine isn't a terrorist as far as I know but <laughs> <laughs> you say it like that's the baseline for this guy isn't a terrorist so he must be a good person did Ernest Borgnine even live to see 9 of them? I don't think he did <laughs> I'm gonna check. <laughs> did Ernest Borgnine? How the fuck that? did this turn into a podcast about fucking 9 11? Because there's the fucking towers, mate. <laughs> God damn it. Because the fucking World Trade Center's in it. God damn it. Anyway, let's actually go on and talk about the fucking movie now. Whether he looks up, whether or not. Why you did live to see 9 11? Why are you so excited about that? That's fucking terrible. Ernest Borgnine was 95 when he died in 2012. Oh, God. Ernest Borgnine was also married. Five times. Shit. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Let's move. But no, in, in oh, Academy Award winning Ernest Borgnine. Oh, okay. But in all seriousness, so 9 11 was a national tragedy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? Fucking horrible. Uh, it's way through blood and bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. Eris, Eris, Anyway, <laughs> let's get into the nitty gritty of this film. So the opening is very good. It's just Dan, or fairly Stan, and uh, title also coming over John Carpenter soundtrack with a black screen in the background uh, as we see our credits come up. All Maybe that money to. went to Isaac Hayes and, er- and Ernest Borgnine. It fucking did, yes. <laughs> Maybe Kurt Russell. Was Kurt Russell a big star at this point? Uh, no, Kurt Russell was a child star. He was a Disney, he was yeah, a Disney he was a, kid. Yeah, he was a Disney child star, but was he a big deal like as an adult star at this point? Or was this... 81, he'd had a few... He'd had a couple of roles here and there, but I think he was still kind of... He was still known primarily as a child actor. I think it was like this and the thing that really like... So apparently uh, Walt Disney's last words were uh, Kurt Russell. Well, actually, I don't say... Well, not last words, but apparently he wrote down a bunch yeah, of stuff about Kurt yeah. Russell. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what the connection is there. Maybe he was just delirious. Who knows? But. Or maybe Kurt Russell killed Disney. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> That's a film. There's a film in that. The Man Who Killed Disney? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I would watch the Man that. Who Wiped Out Walt. <laughs> <laughs> the day the magic died. Oh, <laughs> 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 it fucking is. Anyway, just so into the castle blown up. Oh, we go to, amazing. Oh fuck yeah! We basically we turned this into Olympus has fallen. <laughs> oh no, we do Independence Day, but with the Disney castle and the fucking aliens at Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway but yeah we have our opening narration stating that in 88 crime rates went up so they put no shit <laughs> I mean 88 what happened in 88 nothing but crime rates had been steadily going up in New York yeah. since its fucking foundation I don't know the crime rates were quite low for a while but um yeah, for like five days in the 90s and then it just fucking went <laughs> nah when, when what's his face that cunt that's like uh, ruined his whole um, legacy Rudy Giuliani 
Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, when he was mayor. Yeah, yeah he, the crayway went down dr- dramatically, and it was on a well. It turned into Disneyland. Yeah, because she was. Yeah, because yeah. No, the crayway rate went down dramatically because she had diplomatic immunity and couldn't be charged. And then as soon as she left office, they started charging him with all the shit he was doing again. Well, if you want to get actually, <laughs> if you want the actual serious answer, I, I don't. It's too no. funny to imagine that he was just the one doing all the crimes. <laughs> did you know? Did you recognise the voice of the uh, the um, the narrator? Yeah. No. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> She's also the voice of the intercom that's telling like prisoners if they want to actually fucking die before they get to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's like, we do see some prisoners trying to escape and they get blown the fuck up. Do they ever, man? My God, they send one warning shot. <laughs> they fire a missile at them. Which is, defi- their warning shot is to fire a missile two feet from them. And then give them approximately two seconds to turn a raft around. Which, I don't know if you've ever been fucking kayaking. <laughs> they're not even on a raft, they're on a mattress. Yeah, they're on a mattress. Well, it's technically a raft. A raft oh. is just any, anything that you've made floating or moving with paddles as yeah, a raft. Yeah. So they've made a raft out of two mattresses. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to... T- For all they know, they were trying to turn around, but the two guys just didn't communicate. Yeah, right? I, th- I thought they were trying to turn around. They and they just got blown the fuck up. By a missile. But Yeah, by a point-blank shot with a fucking missile. That is insane. Anyway, uh, we then cut to Air Force One, and I swear to fuck, fucking Dahmer's on this plane. Uh, <laughs> Didn't see Dahmer on this plane. Right, I'm going to... Right, hold on a second. I'm going to pause the podcast for like two seconds. I can confirm Dahmer was on that plane. Yeah! <laughs> Why did he sound like a politician there? But no, yeah, there's a guy on there's a guy on Air Force One who is the fucking spitting image of Dahmer, which marks the second film I've watched this week in which some cunt that looks like Dahmer just appears on screen randomly and scares the shit out of me. What was the first one? Killer planes from outer space. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, can we? Can we? Can I just say right? So in this whole sequence, the, the Air Force One has been taken over by some radical terrorist group. I don't know. I can't remember what they're called. I'm pretty sure they have a name. But um, uh, the they are the National Liberation Front for I'm America. Fairly certain they existed as well. I don't. They did. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> she starts reading off this prepared speech that she has on a, a little sheet of paper. I'm just thinking like. They're not going to broadcast. She says she wants to broadcast, you know. They're not going to broadcast that. Yeah, no, they're not. Don't waste your time. So they've taken over the plane. The plane promptly crashes in the middle of New York, of the New York prison complex. Yeah, I mean, Donald Pleasance, as the president, has his own little skate pod on a plane. Yeah. I don't think that exists. No, it doesn't. Mm. And everybody else in that plane seems really chill that they're about to fucking die. Yeah, they do, yeah. He just is like, oh, Godspeed, gentlemen. Yeah. Fucks off. Uh, we see Tom Atkins, and uh, it is at this point that the the inciting incident of the film is revealed. Uh, we realise why yeah, the plane. Yeah. We realise why the plane crashed. We realise why the crime rate has shot up sky high. Why hope is bereft in the United States of America. Uh, Tom Atkins does not have a drink in his hand. Oh God! <laughs> and so we're all fucked. <laughs> Only film where he's sober. Is he smoking though? He is smoking throughout the entire movie. Okay, so. (laughs) So, you know. He's hanging on by a thread. It could have been worse. (laughs) It could have been much worse. You know, if if he wasn't even smoking during this film, I would have said Kurt Russell's character would have died. But, luckily, (laughs) he at the very least has a smoke, and so we're okay. Mm. But, nevertheless, he doesn't have a whiskey, he doesn't have a beer. He doesn't even have a wee shot of tequila. It's a bad day. It's a bad day. It's a horrible day when Tom Atkins is in a film and he isn't drinking. 
I don't know how long I can keep a straight face for this bit, but I'm already starting to fucking crack. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, this is um, Snake also got introduced to this part. Well, kind of. He's yeah, sure. he gets introduced a little bit later. Uh, so from there, uh, we in, we are introduced to the Academy Award uh, Academy Award winning actor comes in and starts giving orders and shit. What Levi Cleef? No, sorry, he's been in it for the full time. My notes are all over the fucking place. I watched this pissed. So, <laughs> what Academy Award film is? Does Kurt Russell have an Academy Award? No, Levi Cleef has an Academy Award. Oh, was he? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. But he's introduced it later. For what? Earlier. <laughs> you said he had it. Well, that was Ernest Borgnine. Oh fuck yeah! Right enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> you in this movie. Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, yeah, he's cabby. Oh yeah, right enough. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the president. So presidential escape pod is completely empty. Yeah. As they they land in the first. At first, they don't send Snake Plissken in. They go into the prison yeah, complex and themselves. Yeah, they who's the police commissioner. Yes. Uh, an and this creepy Frankenstein kid comes up. Steve Buscemi. He's not Steve Buscemi. I know, but he looks like him. He, he kind of he looks really like doesn't. He looks like a cross between, to me at least, he looked like a cross Fuck, between Steve Buscemi and Sting's character from Dune. The David Lynch version. Yeah, I was going to say, I know for yeah. a fact he's not in the most recent one. No, <laughs> but that's what he looked like to me, on meth. So, you know. See, to me, he looks like if Frankenstein had a kid. Specifically with the bride of Frankenstein, because his hair's all fucking mental. Kid Frankenstein is definitely going to be like a cartoon that was made in the 80s. It probably was. <laughs> probably, or just after fucking Tiny Toot. Franken or kid. Something like that. Yeah, Franken, that's what I call him throughout my notes. Franken kid. Franken kid, yeah. So, Frankenkid, or Salad Fingers, uh, has the President's Finger. Mm. He does look a little bit Salad fingers now that I think about it. Salad Fingers doesn't have any hair, though. Yeah. He does. No, he has... He has He's quite, bald. He has loads of hair. In his house. <laughs> and a chest drawer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck you, David Firth. What the fuck did you do? <laughs> oh. David Firth's an awesome animator, by the way. He's yeah, he pretty good, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, we're introduced to Snake Plissken, who is very quiet, so much so, that I had to jack my speakers up to full fucking in blast, who so I could hear what the prick says. Who are you? He whispers for the full fucking movie, right up until the end, where eventually he starts shouting, and that's only because there's fucking explosions going off around him. I was pretty sure he's also got an arrow on his leg at that point, so... Yeah! He's in pain. <laughs> and that's the only time where I can actually hear what he's fucking saying. <laughs> But he, yeah, he's right. a he's a fucking what what is it? He's an ex special forces. Ex special forces. <laughs> he got put in prison for a bank he robbery. Got put in prison for a bank robbery. Yeah, in that's Kansas exactly City. It. And everybody that he meets thinks he's dead. Uh, here's uh, a fun fact: they never explain why he is so well known. I would imagine it was because cause, no, because one of them mentions the bank robbery. Not not brain. One of the other ones mentions the bank robbery. So I'm assuming that must have made the news. But but. They also how all think they, he's dead. Yes, but also, how do they know about the bank robberies if they're all in prison? Yes. That's mm. the point I'm making. Alright, okay. Yeah. The how? only one who could realistically know about the bank robbery was Brain. Because he was he, there. He was there, and he's a turncoat bastard. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton. Great guy. Oh, yeah, no, fantastic actor as mm. well. Uh, almost everything that he's in, I love him in it. Mm-hmm. He's fucking great. But nevertheless, we're introduced to Snake Plissken. He's a quiet little prick. He likes to smoke. He loves to smoke. And this is where we get the, insp- the sort of Suicide Squad inspiration where he gets injected in the neck as his uh, motivation 
to get in and out of the city within 24 hours. The president's been kidnapped. President of what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't play games with me. To be honest, I think that's a valid question, right? Because here's the thing. Could be the president of, uh, I don't know, Somalia. Yeah, it could be the president of any fucking country. The president of the Builders League. Okay, less of that pish, but still. <laughs> yeah, it could be. The president of the Truckers Union. <laughs> No, don't don't even put that past him. John Carpenter would fucking do that to you. He loves a trucker. He does. I yeah. just watched The Irishman the other day. So, oh, how was that? It was alright, man. What what the three hours? <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. It wasn't really me that was watching it. My dad put it on, and I went into the living room for like the last hour of it because I had nothing else to do. Okay, that and, tells you all you need to know. And so. that <laughs> and that last hour, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so fair enough. So anyway, so. Lots of t- so this is. I'm going to read this note exactly as I've written it down. Okay. Uh, lots of talk about the World Trade Center, which feels dodgy in modern context. Uh, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's all I've got written down about that, and somehow that was a half hour fucking tangent at the start of the show. <laughs> Most of which is unbroadcastable. <laughs> see, uh, so see, I I really want to say that 9/11 was really bad, but you know, <laughs> every time you do, you start laughing because you think about the fucking bit. <laughs> I know that's exactly what you're thinking of. Lots well. of people died. <laughs> you can't say that while laughing. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, edit that out. <laughs> no. Because it's funny, and I'm willing to bet that the vast majority of folk will know that about the fucking like we'll break break the fourth wall. They'll know about the fucking Norm Macdonald bit, and if they don't look it up, it's fucking great. Uh, the man, oh, I hate seeing was in that in the in reference to him itself. He was like he's cutting about. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that. That was one celebrity death that really got me. Mm. Was uh was Norm Macdonald? That really fucking got me, man. Because I'd only just recently started to get into his stuff through you. Because you showed me a couple of compilations of like his like SNL his, skits. His, like his moth joke. Yeah, his moth joke is so <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. Oh my days. That Stay guy with board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. Chamber of the board. Yeah. yeah. Just any appearance that he did on Conan was really good. Oh yeah, him and Conan really bounced off each other well. Mm-hmm. Right. He's also good in Doctor Doolittle. Is he in that? Yeah, he's the voice of the little dog that, uh, that Eddie Murphy adopts. In the start of the movie, that's Norm Macdonald. Did you ever watch... Uh, He's also in... Uh, motherfucker, what's the... What's the... Oh, the sci-fi show? What's the fucking Seth MacFarlane oh, the Star Orville. Trek? Orville, yeah, the yeah, he's in that as well. He's in that, and he was also in... He's um, a blob. The Mike Tyson Mysteries. <laughs> yeah, he was. Was the pigeon? Yeah. Fucking great. That show is so good. So that when he just, like... It was like somebody rings a dinner bell and they just fucking sparks out the waiter. <laughs> 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 I know he was in a bunch of um, Adam Sandler movies as well. He was, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on from that. uh, Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. You are missed by millions. Ourselves included. Anyway. Snake has 22 hours to find the president. By the time we finish this conversation, yeah, he does. 22 hours to find the president. He started with 24, but he spent two hours getting his fucking gun set up. You see, I remember, I I do remember them saying, like, um, you know, these things. He does get explosives injected into him, but, like, the way they describe it, I always assumed it was going to be like his head would fucking blow up, but it's... But from the way they describe it, no. No, it's just his arteries are going to go, basically. Yeah. Like, basically going to be like a... 
like two tiny explosions in both sides of his throat. Bing, bing. So it's basically, it's less going to be his head blown off and more like Battle Royale style, just a <laughs> fucking blood everywhere. See, I didn't even picture that. I was picturing like he was just kind of going to be like drowning in his own blood. Like, no, you wouldn't see anything. You would just be like, I'm going blah. Oh, like just the veins would go kind of thing? Yeah. That's mad. Yeah, just a lot of blood coming out. Yeah, uh, you just see the classic blood out of the mouth and then he falls over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, he's given 22 hours to find the president. Um, they send him in a fucking... Um, glider. Air glider, which is pretty cool. Um, Until he nearly crashes into the World Trade Center. I mean, he technically does. He, he crashes on top of it, though. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, they say, like, they, um, they say to him, like, uh, the World Trade Center has a working um, service elevator. So they can infiltrate the prison. What the fuck are they infiltrating the prison for? What are they doing? I don't know. What do you mean, what are they doing? Why would they infiltrate the prison? No, right, okay. They don't have that specifically to infiltrate the prison. No, that's what he says. No. That's what he says. He says, oh, we There's a comma in that sense. They have this, so we can do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. infiltrate the World Trade Center. Yeah. He uh, crashes the glider. Kind Onto of. the roof. Yeah, but he, he... But he manages to catch it with, like, a grappling hook, and it's just hanging off the edge. Yeah, so he lands it in a way that you can't use it to get out of the... Yeah, he basically can't get it to take off again, because he's got no runway. So, he, you know, he's in the World Trade Center. We have the Someone's Watching You special. Yeah, no, <laughs> can I re- Can I read my note on this? I've just written... In fact, you know what? I'm just going to show you what I wrote down. It's just under the note that I wrote that says, Snake's gun is cool as fuck. So you can just read my exact reaction to that. Uh, <laughs> okay, and I quote Bastard has done it again! Four exclamation marks Running through the background of a musical sting Yes Yeah, so that was my exact reaction Because when that happened I jumped out of my seat and just went You bastard, you! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my neighbours think I'm watching football Have <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I told you about um, Speaking of neighbours and football so, I live in a very heavy uh, Protestant town. <laughs> we live in a very heavy Protestant area, to be honest. Both of us. But anyway, I'll I give you that. Fucking snake. <laughs> he's in, he lands, he's in, the, he's in the streets. He managed to get it. Uh, when he's walking through New York, though, mm-hmm. do you get. Like, I don't know if this is just me being fucking. I don't know, weird. But, like, I get a heavy Warriors vibe specifically oh, yeah, from yeah. him walking through the streets of yeah, New York. this came after the Warriors. Okay, right, and this, okay, did it? Oh. When did the Warriors come out? I want to I say 79. I could have um, swore the Warriors was an 80s movie. I want to say it was 79, I could be wrong, hang on. The, the Warriors. Fuck? Yeah, but no, I get a heavy, uh, heavy duty Warriors vibe. Hey, the Warriors is 1979. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, from specifically from him walking through like the ruined streets, that to me felt very similar to like, to the point where I was almost expecting like fucking Jimmy Lee Curtis's narrator to come back and give a Lee fucking speech. Mm. But uh, yeah, can you dig it? <laughs> no, no, that oh. you know, like the fucking radio announcer. That's what. Oh I'm right, about. yes, yeah, okay. But yeah, um, although the idea of Jamie Lee Curtis playing that character is fucking hilarious. Can and you would, dig it? Yeah, <laughs> I would pay to see, I would pay to see that to see her do that speech now. Like that would be amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean, yes, it did give me heavy warriors vibes. A lot of the, Aye. a lot of the gang in this. A lot of the gangs have that similar kind of, you know, cut very cut from the same cloth. Also, the um, the plane being on the the ground and all that shit when it crash landed and stuff, also gave me heavy. Um... Ah, fuck! What's that video game? 
Once again, I know it's it's radio, so you don't get to see this, but this man looks genuinely in pain right now. That wasn't true. <laughs> remember the fucking thing. It was one of these FPS games came out fucking PS3 era. Uh, planes on the ground. Modern Warfare Three. No, it was one of the two. No, it wasn't Modern Warfare. One. No, uh, I think it was Spec Ops Line actually. I don't know. But anyway, uh, no, you're thinking of the bus. That's like the buses that you get in Spec Ops. Ah, whatever. Like. But uh, yeah. give me an FPS vibe. Homefront. Yes. Fucking Homefront. That's yes. what it was. Mm. That was a fucking weird game. <laughs> it was. Uh, I never played the second one. There was a bit where you needed to dive into a pit of dead bodies. That was kind of fucked up. <laughs> you use white phosphorus on people. No, yeah. spec ops are lying. No, you do it in, you do it in Homefront as well. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, okay. But yeah, um, yeah. It's also a kill streak in the new Modern Warfare. Killstreak war crimes. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, one of the killstreaks is a fucking nuke, so I think we're past the point of. That's true. But uh, yeah. Snake goes into a theatre. Yes. <laughs> he watches a, a drag. Theater. A theatre. A theatre. He watches, he watches a, 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 drag, drag. a drag show, essentially. Specifically a drag cabaret act, which I, <laughs> I, I'll i be honest, that sounds like a fucking delight. Ernest Borgnine was certainly enjoying himself. Oh yeah, he's having, you know, Academy Awards on Ernest Borgnine's having the time of his fucking life. Cabby Award winner. His name is, in this film, is Cabby. Yeah. I don't think he introduces himself as anything other than that. He also says he's been there for 30 years, so he's been there since before the walls got built. Yeah, so, so he was just a New Yorker. Yeah, so did they, did they just... Uh, did, did they just fucking erect the walls of the prison and just let cunts stay? I think that's what they did do. <laughs> I imagine they let them... To be fair, they did also, to be fair, Arkham City done the same thing. Did they? Yeah, because a, like, a lot of the... And if you look into like the lore of like the actual DC event, like the comics and stuff... Specifically because it was built in the poorer area of Gotham, mm. a lot of the homeless people there just got fucking walled in. Yeah. As well as some of the people that were in lower income jobs and were maybe like on the like on the verge of getting evicted, they just get fucking yeah, they just get fucking walled in, dude. Mm. But yeah, watching a drag show, or fucking you know whatever. Watching a drag cabaret act, which is yeah. fucking glorious. Uh, uh, I imagine stuff like that would happen <laughs> in a in a prison city like that. That would be great. I imagine that would happen in New York now. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, probably, come on. Probably, yeah. Like, yeah, let's be real. Uh, yeah, they're not like Florida or any of these other states. But yeah. And yeah. then... Uh, they haven't made it illegal to wear different clothes yet. Is it is Snake is Snake tracking um, the president's... Uh, He's still tracking the heartbeat sensor. Yeah. And, uh, so the president has this heartbeat sensor watch thing. Uh, basically like an Apple watch if it was on fucking steroids, right? Massive fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Snake Plissken is tracking that by using this wee kind of. It's basically a compass, where like the closer it gets to them, it like point them like north, east, south, west, chip shop, whatever the fuck. Right. Definitely a fucking chip shop. I'm surprised that's what gets a fucking laugh out of you, man. I've been dropping gold since day one, and like, <laughs> I get a laugh out of by saying the words "fucking chip shop." It's because they're good. They are good. I might actually get one tonight. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. He's going through, he eventually finds this guy who has essentially had the watch put on him. Oh no, but before that, Snake basically walks past, I don't know why I'm laughing, Snake basically <laughs> gets walked past a woman getting groped, which is, you know, whatever. Yeah, and just yeah, kind of whatever. He just no, kind of looks That's his like, reaction, it's yeah. just a, yeah, whatever, not what I'm here for, and then moves on. <laughs> he almost gets mugged. It is a completely unnecessary shot, and honestly, I... I, I really don't like that shots in the movie man. Nah, I think it's just really to show like, you know, this place is kind of fucked so you can sh- you've already shown that by the fact that 
the president's been kidnapped and had a fucking finger taken off him. <laughs> Yeah. you've already shown the fact that this place is fucked and they show that the place is fucked again later when the crazies come out at night trying to eat people mm, yes. so again that shot completely unnecessary also the the guy that he um, finds the the GPS thing on yeah he's a frequent carpenter collaborator as well <laughs> George Buckflower yeah I've yeah, only yeah. ever seen this man play a homeless person yeah <laughs> he's the homeless person back to the future where is he yes, yeah yeah um, I don't I can't think of anything else that he's not been a homeless person in. yeah true uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> like when he's singing um, Hail to the Chief yeah that's funny as fuck I'll give him that mm. when he's saying oh well I have this on I must be the president I, I knew when I to... had this on I would be the president someday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts singing Hail to the, Hail to the Chief and it fucking snakes, snakes, just like, this isn't the president. And the guy's like, are you sure? And he goes, does it sound like the president to you? And you just hear him just going, um, bam, 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 bam. He says, fuck this shit out of me. He's essentially just being like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Fuck this shit, I'm out. But then he just, I can't remember how they convince him to just keep going. I think it's just more like, you're going to fucking die. Yeah, keep going or we're going to blow your fucking head off. Yeah. Uh, more the, yeah, this movie has a lot of walking just the yeah he walks out of the place the cabbie follows him no that's later oh wait is yeah, it later he, that he gets in the cabbie yeah because he walks out and then he finds the 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 the, the pod he does yeah and then he just sits down and there's a guy like knocking on the manholes and yeah signaling the crazies <laughs> uh, oh, and they are crazy. by the way that's not me being insensitive they are called the crazies in this mm-hmm. movie Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they call the the subterranean people. That used to be a big fear of mine. What subterranean people? Or just crazy people coming after you? You know, I used to have to get. And uh, you became friends with one. Who? Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that would give you a fright. And it didn't. I was so disappointed that I'm, that I'm, didn't I'm, make you jump. I'm jaded to a lot of things. I lived in High Hill for years. True. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot to yeah. fight. Yeah. I've been in some weird places, man. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you lived. You once lived five minutes away from the stabbing capital of Europe. <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I used to. I used to. Uh, I had a friend that lived in. Here's some Glasgow stories for you. Uh, <laughs> it's not because we're getting on for time. And let's oh no no you oh, no right you can keep this one because I this because I had this genuine fear right. Okay, go on. What so was in, your fear? So in my days of degeneracy, I had a friend that lived in. Tuesday. A, <laughs> I had a friend that lived in an area of Glasgow called Bridgeton, right? <laughs> and that is a, commonly referred to as Brighton. Oh yeah yeah. By those that actually live there. And it's a it's a shithole and um It's a nice shithole. Is it fuck? She left her flat and there was a woman burning to death right on the around the corner from her flat. Remember that? What the fuck? in's <laughs> a fucking shithole. Um Yeah, fuck, I forgot about that. But yeah, in my days of degeneracy I had um Fucking Bridgetonia. I had overindulged one night and sometimes when you overindulge you just wanna go home. Right, I had the option of staying in that flat, which I probably should have, because mm-hmm. there was also news reports at that time of a, of a roving gang of machete wielders. 
You fucking what, mate? So I decided that they were over by the cathedral, which is a bit further away, so, you know, I thought I'd be fine. That was oh, yeah. fine. That's where they found Batman. It was, yeah, the, the necro and all that. Yeah. Um, so I overindulged. I just really wanted my own bed that night. Right? That's fair. No, we've all been there, man. Like you just. I, I had the offer to stay, but I was like, nah, nah, nah. I am leaving. So I'm walking through Bridgeton, three o'clock in the morning. It's pretty, it's pretty derelict out there. It's pretty silent out there. That's a fucking bad idea. And I'm just thinking to myself, there could be cunts everywhere. <laughs> and in my altered state of mind, there were cunts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I have never made it as, from Bridgeton to my flat as fast as I did that night. At points, I did think I could turn back and just stay in, in my friends. But no, <laughs> I made it home. And I, out of the corner of my eyes, I swear to Christ, I kept thinking I was seeing fucking mutant street people just walking about the place. Nobody was out. <laughs> there was one shop open though, a 24 hour shop that I went into just to like buy something to make sure nobody was following me. That guy knew something was up. <laughs> but Yeah, because you walked into a shop at four in the fucking morning sweating bullets and asking them if any cunt was following you. <laughs> well, I didn't ask him anything. I didn't speak to him. I just gave him, I just gave him money and bought a can of high brew and it was the best high brew I ever had. So... <laughs> I made it home. But yeah, that's what that reminded me of. Also, also reminded me of the just people of Mary Hill in general. <laughs> have you ever had to get like the last fucking subway from St. George's Cross? I have, yeah. There's some fucking mutants. Jesus Christ! There. <laughs> <laughs> some, there's, some there's some true specimens that get that subway, man, honestly. Sorry if you live in Mary Hill, but you live in a fucking shithole. <laughs> I can't really speak out of them, Hagel. One day, one day I would like to finish an episode of this show where we don't insult a town uh, in Scotland. Ah, oh, they know what's a shit will do. <laughs> yeah, I know they know, but I just want to get through one episode without fucking ratting a place. Mm. It, it, it'd be nice. Okay, well, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, give some props to a nice town. Um, Stewarton, you're alright. Nah. <laughs> Stewarton shit, okay. Um, <laughs> your props have been taken away. Uh, <laughs> Trun, huh? Nah. Barassi? Nah. Irvin? Fuck no. Oh. <laughs> okay. Fine. Uh, I don't know. Dundee's alright, it's fairly. Fuck out. off, it's nicknamed Scumdee. Get it, fuck, there's no way. Inverness is alright, it's inconsequential. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, fucking scum. <laughs> <laughs> Inverness is inconsequential, fucking scum. Have you seen that? <laughs> have you seen that show on BBC lately called Highland Cops? Yeah, I have. It's great. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, geez, it beeps, man. Do you want to write dump by the you way? Know, <laughs> Speaking of dumps, like escape from like in New York, escape from New York. No, oh, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Do you want to fucking dump by the way? Fort William. It's a fucking show. <laughs> Gateway to the north and all that, but it's fucking shite. <laughs> Gateway to the north, but the lock's broken, the hinges are rusted. <laughs> I swear to Christ, we were driving back from Fort William, right? And I, I was looking out the window and I was looking onto like the back of some flats, and there was some guy kind of just leaning out his window, looking just done. <laughs> he was fairly high up, and I was thinking, go for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I Escape from New York's a great movie, you know. It's uh, 
You don't get to move on from that, you evil bastard. <laughs> you fucker. Fucking go for it, mate. Really? I wasn't that dramatic. I was just thinking, go for it, mate. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> Life goes on. It does, mate, if he goes for it. Yeah, well. <laughs> fuck me sideways. That is. Fuck, oh, fuck Fort William. But, uh, yeah. Ah, fuck you! <laughs> but yeah, that's, but this is where, uh, Snake goes into the chalk full of nuts. Oh, we're back into this, yeah. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he meets the. Oh, yeah, he goes into a shop called Chalk Full of Nuts, and I want that to be a shop. Yeah, and like, uh, <laughs> we never even learn this person's name, but there's just a. There's just a random woman that tries to pump him and then dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's her whole character arc. Yeah. And she tries to fire into Kurt Russell and then gets fucking pulled into the depths of hell. Yeah, they come out, they, yeah, they grab her from the floor. Which makes me wonder, like, what a John Carpenter zombie movie would be like. Shit hot, probably. Probably. But, you know, we never go. I feel like he would do a great zombie movie. Probably. Because he does, he's good at the. Because he's really good at having the. Cause yeah, Assault from Precinct 13 was essentially Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he also has the. Like, there's lots of moments in the thing where characters just sat across from each other and it's like tense as fuck and it's like, should we go out to do this or should we not? And that's like your quintessential zombie movie fucking dilemma there. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about the infected, like, you know, the people that have been bitten, what should we do? Should we shoot them now to put them out of misery or should we let them have a couple of more seconds of humanity before we need to fucking kill them? Yeah. Or do we just put them outside and let the zombies fucking tear them apart so that we are, you know, morally sound? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen one, but I would like to see. Although there's talks I'm doing a Dead Space movie, and that's close enough for jazz. Yeah, I would see that. I would see a John Carpenter Dead Space. Yeah, because he's a big fan of video games. But yeah, so this woman gets fucking tortured. Has he made any video games? Or has he been involved in any at least? Yeah, he directed the cinematics in Fear Three. I fucking liked the Fear franchise. That was good. Mm, Fear Three though. Mm. Yeah, but, but uh, it was easily the worst of the trilogy, but still good. Yeah. Well, the same way that like Back to the Future Three is the worst one. It's still a fucking great movie. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But you know, fuck you, I love Back to the Future Three. That was a great movie. But then yeah. I was just thinking, like, I wouldn't call Fear Three a great game anyway. But yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's great, but it's good. Yeah, but yeah, this woman gets torn to fucking shreds. Oh yeah, she <laughs> gets really fucked up. If you're if you're struggling to think about what's happening here, imagine Hudson from fucking Aliens. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, built through the fucking floor. Yeah, and he's just running, and that's where he runs into the cabbie again. The cabbie's like, yeah, Ooh. and the cabbie's having a very casual conversation with him while lighting a fucking Molotov cocktail. <laughs> he's just talking, chill as fuck, and he mentions it's like this stuff is like gold holding up. So it's a petrol bomb he's got on him, right? So I suppose it's not even technically a Molotov because a Molotov cocktail is usually alcohol that they use as a propellant, but this is a petrol bomb. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a difference. There isn't really. Yeah, fuck it. But uh, no, he just he just launches it at the side of his car and then moves on. Yeah, and he's yeah, and this is uh, I mean the the, the woman in the the, the cabbie's my favourite character in this fucking film. Cabbie's sound. I mean, <laughs> I fuck him. But th- this is the second instance of well, third maybe. But this is like um, the second major instance of uh, a character saying to Snake, "Like I thought you were dead." Uh, the woman in Chalkville and us did it. Um, yeah, and then Cabby does it. Yeah, Cabby's like, oh, I yeah. thought you were dead. And, you know, Snake, you know, the the pragmatic dick that he is is just holding a gun to Cabby's head. Take me to the Duke, basically. No, yeah. not take me to the Duke. Who's in charge he's or something. Who's, he says, where's the president? And yeah. the guy says, oh, the Duke's got him. Everyone knows that. Take me to the Duke. Oh, I can't do that. You go to the Duke. You go to, People go to visit the, the Duke and then that's them. They don't fucking come out. That's it. They get killed. And the guy's just holding them. Snake so how just, does the Duke get any... Henchman. I assume 
that it's zombies. Yep. Excuse me? <laughs> His henchmen are all zombies. Uh, why? Because you go to see the duke, you die. <laughs> okay. So well, his henchmen are the ones that die. Are you saying? Back. Are you saying? Are these okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> and they come back with a life debt to the duke. They also say, or unlife debt to the duke, I suppose. They also say, right? Tom Atkins says at the beginning of this movie that they've converted a bunch of junker cars and made them work from steam. Yeah, we never see that happen <laughs> once. How smart are these cunts? <laughs> no, we never see that happen once because. Specifically, the reason the Duke is so powerful is that he has people on payroll that can make gasoline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they've converted cars to work on steam, surely the Duke's fucked. <laughs> yeah, free energy. Because there's one claim to power. Also, if they've converted cars to work into steam in prison, uh, that prison would be opened up and gutted as quickly as you could fucking imagine. Mm. BP would blow that place to smithereens. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, why fucking oil spill in the Hudson. There was never once any oil in there. There fucking is now. Or, but yeah. So the cabbie takes him to what is that? Is it a big library? It looks like a library. Yeah, the, it's the National Library in yeah. New York City. Yeah. Knock on the door. Adrian Barbo. Maggie. Maggie. Maggie's great. Maggie can shoot a cunt. Maggie can shoot her. <laughs> she does And she things. does. Maggie's <laughs> good. Uh, she shoots quite a few assholes. Why isn't Adrian Barbeau in more movies? I don't know. She is great though. The only non-carpenter thing I've really seen her in is... Um, uh, Swamp uh, Thing? No, Creepshow. Ah, right, okay. Yeah. But uh, she needs to be in more shit. She, yeah. She's still alive. She can be in stuff. You know. She needs to be in more movies. Adrian Barbeau's great. So, you know, she also says, Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so does Brain. Now, I'll be honest, because this is technically a sci-fi movie, when they called this cunt Brain... Were you expecting a man with a brain in a jar? I was expecting just a brain in a jar. See, I was expecting... Like, like a, I was expecting, like, a kind of uh, old-world blues situation. Like, it was just a screen talking to him, and the brain's there. I was expecting, like, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3. Why did you need to remind me that that fucking film exists? Do you cunt? Because <laughs> ah, I like... I don't like... Wait, you like that movie? <laughs> no, I just like fucking with people. But uh, <laughs> That movie's fucking atrocious. But I was expecting that. But no, it's just Harry Dean Stanton. And, and, you just know. being Harry Dean Stanton? Yeah. I, yeah there's a fucking scene in... Um, he plays a great weasel, didn't he? Harry Dean Stanton. He plays a great fucking weaselly fucking guy, didn't he? He does. He's really good at the weasel role. But there's a... There's a bit in season three of Twin Peaks that Harry Dean Stanton's in, right? Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton worked with David Lynch quite a lot in his later years. And uh, there's a bit where it's literally just three minutes of him just playing guitar and singing a song. Just, awesome. Just, and it was fucking good. I need to look that up. Harry Dean Stanton, he's great. Now, um, imagine him being really good at playing Willie Nelson tunes. I don't know why. I just do. Just to look at him. I feel like he would... I feel like he would fucking smash on the road again. Maybe. Would you consider him... Well... No. I was going to say, would you consider Harry Dean Stanton the first victim of the Xenomorph? I suppose... Um, no. What's his name? John um, Hart. Yeah. Would be the first victim. Yeah. And even if you wanted to be really fucking granular about it, the engineers would be the first victim. First human victim. 
the engineers again if you want to go by fucking what Prometheus and shit says ah fuck that movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that movie apparently there's a new one coming out yeah there is yeah. and I will see it and I will be disappointed well, well, glad to know you're prepared. But, uh, <laughs> so at this point, we learned that uh, don't cry, it's fine. I'm essentially being good. It's it's not been good since like Aliens. So I liked Alien Three. I'll give you that. Alien Three was okay. So it's not been like decent since Alien Three. But uh, anyway, so at this point, it is revealed to us that Brain not only knows Pliskin but pe- betrayed him as a part of the bank job. He is part of the reason. Mm-hmm. that Pliskin is in jail to begin with he's ready to shoot this cunt he is ready to take <laughs> this fucker out it's really it also revealed that Brain is the one making gasoline for the Duke mm-hmm. and yeah. it helps him get out and has drawn out a map to one of the only bridge in town which has been mined to fuck yeah. and he has drawn out a map which states where all the mines are a map that uh, later on in the film we'll find out isn't 100% accurate but uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know well, does the job. Snake's also ready to fucking gun down Maggie as well. Wait, no, he's ready to kill the both of them. <laughs> he's, he's the only person that's going to survive is Cabby. <laughs> Although he probably would have. He probably would have killed Cabby as well. <laughs> you saw what I did. Yeah. No witnesses. <laughs> Fuck you. But uh, yeah, and it, well, after a brief conversation between the two of them, and when I say brief, it's about a twenty-minute scene. Uh, well, they discuss yeah, that's what's the thing. Going that's on. the thing about this movie. There's a lot of walking around. There's a lot of staying in the one place for ages as well. Yeah, I could see why some people call this movie boring. I I, I enjoyed it. I yeah. think the, the underlying tension of Snake constantly being like having a literal ticking clock on his wrist of mm-hmm. being like you're gonna die in this time. That tension kept me invested even throughout some of the slower scenes. I think that I mean you will find this a lot in a lot of Carpenter movies. I think it's just mainly because right he's stated this several times. His favorite type of movie is westerns. Yeah, you know, westerns generally a lot are of, full of that, yeah. especially the ones that he grew up with, are you know take place in one or two locations. There's a lot of traveling to back and forth. You know, yeah. once they're there, they're going to stay there. Pretty much, um, yeah. And at this point, well, skipping forward a little bit, I'll be honest, but then we are introduced to the Duke, and the real main character of this scene is the Duke's theme music. Fuck yeah. Which is funky as hell and honestly just fucking brilliant. Yet another amazing example of John Carpenter's work as as a composer. Uh, The theme fits perfectly within Duke's character Mm -hmm. uh, as it is this outwardly very bombastic, very sort of funky, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of Mm showman-esque kind of tune. But there is this underlying kind of bass throughout the entire thing. Which makes it just that, which gives it that little bit of edge to it. Just yeah, to you know if you're going to, you know if you're going to hear that, you're going to get fucked up. Yeah, like, it's like it's on one hand, it's just really fucking cool, funky tunes, a lot of cowbell as we know, as we mentioned. It's like fucking mm-hmm. sweet, but that bass line is fucking haunting yeah. uh, underneath it. Like if you were just to take the bass line on that, you'd swear you were watching a slasher. It is mm-hmm. fucking oh, perfect, I, I also perfect. I also thought it was pretty cool how, um, I say pretty cool, it's just simple as fuck, uh, how uh, Snake um, gets a car for them. Uh, yeah, he just knocks he, out a car. He, just, he knocks out two of them, he takes so out one guy out one one car. Hides in the car for the other cunt to check, yeah. knocks out that cunt and fucks off. <laughs> then they drop him out. And then, uh, what was it, they're, they're saying like, wait, go through Broadway, Duke will take this street, so they go through yeah. Broadway. Oh, wait, no, and... 
specifically they're like, oh no, don't go through Broadway, that's horrible, that's horrible, don't go through it. Snake says, what's wrong with Broadway? As they drive past a decapitated head on a stick. <laughs> I don't know, right, I don't know, uh, I know for a fact that that head was on the side that his good eyes on, right, so he fucking seen it. So, <laughs> so, He's just desensitised. <laughs> what's wrong with Broadway? Uh, fucking look at it. Well, Larry over there will tell you. <laughs> what's wrong with Broadway? Well, he's pulled. Well, he's been pulling funding from the arts for the past ten years. Snake. It's uh, it's a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, so it used to be. You doing cabbie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, snake! Oh, no. It's a horrible thing. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, well, yeah. they're just getting pelted with rocks and arrows and fucking spears and shit. Like yeah. just, this is the bit where it where it t- changed from the Warriors to Mad Max because it's just because mm-hmm. it's just this armored vehicle getting the absolute shit kicked out of it. And apparently, the best way to break through a vehicle barricade is just to fucking ram it from the back. So you know. <laughs> oh no! Snake's an ass man. It turns out the best way to get rid of a bastard barricade that is made of other cars is to ram your fucking car in it at full speed and reverse. <laughs> Which did you see? Sure, that's fucking slower. Did you know going in reverse? Yeah, yeah. So why the fuck? I guess uh, the back just has more. He's got yeah. more junk in the trunk, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Did you notice know, notice the guys as well? Like after they get through, like um, the, the yeah, the guys just, just stop at the back. They, they just kind of look at it like, well, shit. Well, he's off Broadway now. That's it. We need to fix our barricade. Well, the only shit. Care, apparently, the only care for shows that are up for a Tony Award. The minute you're off Broadway, fuck you. Those hags. <laughs> nothing wrong with off Broadway shows. They are often a million times better than some of the shit that actually gets funded to go on Broadway. So off off Broadway though, their shit. No, they can still be good. Yeah. Off off Broadway just means you're performing somewhere that might not even necessarily be New York. Like yeah. off off Broadway could be used to describe a show at the fucking Kings in Glasgow. Yeah. I've been to Broadway. It's um Shite. Didn't see a show or anything, but you know. Actually the last time I was in New York, um, the hotel we were staying at that we were staying in was in Times Square. Oh sweet. And there was a theatre below it and they were showing um Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so we saw a bunch of people queued up for that and they were all dressed up. And yeah, they would have been for Priscilla. Yeah, that's a proper, yeah. I mean, that's I a proper like, dress up kind of show. I know yeah. there's a movie of it, but I haven't seen it. But... That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Stage show's better. But uh, anyway, so the car gets fucked up in Broadway and it's at this point that they make they hatch a, sorry, they hatch a plan. If the Duke's back there taking care of business, mm-hmm. then he's no looking after the president. So now's our chance to fucking get him. <laughs> their plan is essentially. Hang on, I see the birthday. Their plan is essentially the life that God's no looking, it's okay to run. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, send Harry Dean Stanton and Adrian Barbeau in to uh, see if the president's there, and if they ask him why, just say, the Duke sent us. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. Uh, we also get a classic. We also get an eighties action movie classic, mm-hmm. which is the throwing knife to the dome. Oh yeah! With the accompanying completely incorrect sound effect of doom. <laughs> yeah. A sound that almost only occurs when you throw at a target. 
And I mean like a wooden fucking target. Like yeah. it sounds like he hits a dartboard. <laughs> Legit. Apparently as well, uh, 80s, if too many people have been watching 80s action movies where they think that they, you know a knife can probably get through the front of a skull. Yeah, it couldn't. No, it'll just bounce off. Most likely. Well, it might stick in there, but it wouldn't go all the way in. It wouldn't penetrate. It would maybe stick. Yeah. And just be kind of kind of out your head, but unless it was like a fucking heavy knife, mm-hmm. and by heavy knife I mean machete, then it's not gonna fucking go through. Axe. Yeah, but an axe isn't a knife. It's a bladed weapon. Yeah, I suppose. What was that again? Wow! It's my axe throwing noise. <laughs> Are you not throwing axes? No. It's fucking fun. I mean, I'd like to go. There's one on. Um, I went axe throwing at the at Highland Games once. Yeah. There's a there's an axe throwing place on Union Street. Yeah. How many drunk cunts do you think <laughs> go in there? None. They actually don't let you in if you're pushed. Oh. For safety reasons. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> it's the same reason they don't. It's the same reason like they don't let you pushed if you've, you're like completely pushed. They won't let you in like paintball or airsoft and stuff like that. So like, now you're just going to be fucking. You're just going to be hurting people. <laughs> and not in the fun way. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, but uh, anyway, so... They rescued Don Presence. They rescued Don Presence for all five seconds. And then, I, at first I thought Brain had ratted them out. It turns out they were just taking a bit too much time and Duke had got home. Mm-hmm. And uh, the theme music kicks in again for the second time. And here comes Duke and the Franken Kid. And we Do actually think- hear Duke speak for the first time. At this point. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe this is just me being a bit fucking perverted, right? Oh, no. Do you think Duke and Frank can get her fucking? Nah. No? Nah, I don't see it. I don't know. I thought there was something... I see like... it more as like a mentor, mentee kind of mm. situation. I thought there was something to it. <laughs> yeah, I can like... see where that's coming from. Because in like any other post-apocalyptic film, Frank and Kid is definitely a wee gimp. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I thought there was just like some fucking going on. You know, nah, just... nah, I don't think so. Hmm. It was just the way he was sitting next to him and stuff. And like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's at this point that I've written down: Why the fuck does everyone know Snake Plissken, and why does every cunt think he's dead? Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just a running theme. Uh, we get some awesome example of how the sound mixing in this film works insanely well. With the exception of they should turn up whatever fucking mic Kurt Russell was using. <laughs> the mic was across the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this film, this is something that I should mention as well. If you are watching this film, watch it with a good set of speakers. Like, watch it, either watch it on, if you can, on your PC with a good set of speakers, or if you've got it plugged into the telly, get some headphones on, or man. Some surround sound. Or some surround sound system, because it is fucking unreal. Like, the mm. actual mixing of it. Is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like it's the best example of weirdly for a film from the eighties. It's the best I've ever held in terms of like surround sound proper working well. Yeah, it's fucking shit hot, man. I think most Carpenter films that I've seen are like that as well. Yeah, they're yeah. Re- really well made. He's up there with like David Lynch with just like fucking making fucking like good sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of sound, uh, we finally get John Carpenter. John Carpenter has finally done some research into what a fucking silencer sounds like. <laughs> And uh, we see Duke having a little bit of target practice. I just love how every time he takes a shot, they're all like, yeah! Yeah, well, for good reason. Mm. Because he has the 
President of the United States of America. Basically in a fucking basically in a fucking crucifix position, changed to changed to the wall mm-hmm. by his arms, and he is shooting a silhouette around him. <laughs> like a fucking professional knife thrower at the circus. I just like how unenthused like those Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. They're, they're enthused, they're just after tits and drugs. Uh, <laughs> What's the most unenthused yeah in film I've ever seen? Go on. Beginning of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah. <laughs> on half. The the first ship the The uh, first ship is not the first transport ship. Is a <laughs> yeah, well, in fairness, one, they're freezing cold. Two, they're probably gonna get their ship pushed in by Vader. So you wouldn't exactly be buzzing. <laughs> Vader that big dildo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well I mean I just it's the best of unenthused I've seen but Yeah. But not yeah the we get an accurate idea of what the silencer sounds like and that you still hear a very loud shot but it just doesn't echo as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, he shoots the briefcase open. Also, Snake's also unconscious. He's, uh, At this point, yeah. yeah. When did he actually get shot with the arrow? Was that um, when he was saving the president? Cause I, was that when I want to say when he was saving the president. Or was it when they were driving through Broadway? No, it was when he was saving the president. Okay, because okay. I, I missed that somewhere. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, so did that, to be honest. But, uh, yes, yeah, so, oh, they managed to shoot the briefcase open. Oh, his papers and his tape. Oh, his papers out. and a tape fall out. Oh, Frank and Kid takes it. Frank and Kid takes the tape. And we then see Snake Plissken beginning to wake up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he wake up, like, twice? Yeah. yeah. He begins to wake up, sees a bunch of folk around him. He's like, right, how can I get out of this? And then immediately passes out again. He also has a snake tattoo on his stomach. Yeah, on his abdomen. Yeah, it's a very odd place to have it. If you're going to call a character snake and he has a snake tattoo, I would have thought it would be on his arm. I don't know. You're just, you're just thinking Simpsons there, though. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, big snake tattoo. And then Snake is thrown into a gladiator slash boxing ring. I have info on this guy. And this is where the film turns into fucking Mad Max. I have info on this guy that he's... On the guy that he fights? Uh, his name's Ox Baker. He was, okay. a, he was a wrestler. He was when? A, back in like the 70s and 80s. Nice. Uh, well, 60s, 70s. He's okay. old school. He's like a territory guy. Oh, right. He, he made the heart punch famous. So he punch oh, heart shit, punch. yeah. By actually killing somebody with it. What? So you know how when you punch somebody in the chest, right, there is a you small can, chance... That, that you, their heart will uh, stop, yeah. So he did that. Guy died. Yeah. Ray Gunkel. Died. And then they, because this is like the 60s and 70s, wrestling was quote-unquote real, uh, they were kind of like, yeah, Alex Baker, the killer of Ray Gunkel. He's always going to use the heart punch. That's the movie used to kill that man. You know. Holy shit. Yeah. Ox Baker. That's kind of fucked up. Mm, I think he was main. I think. I'm not entirely, like, really hot on, like, Territory Days wrestling, but I think he was, like, primarily big in um, the Texas area, I think. He looks it. It's fucking massive. I mean, this was filmed in Missouri, and Missouri had, like, you know, their territory as well, so he might have done stuff there. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, this is where the film basically turns into Mad Max for a little bit. Best mustache. Oh, yeah, the greatest. <laughs> it's very impressive. Very. <laughs> a moustache that turns into mutton chops. Oh, mm. Fucking wonderful. Uh, I think I could do that. Nah, probably couldn't. I mean, this guy looks like he belongs in... Fucking like ginger mutton top chops. That wouldn't work, would it? 
No. <laughs> this guy looks like he stepped out of like a Wild West like carnival. Yeah. Like strong That's man exactly shirt. what, yeah, big strong man vibes, yeah. Can you last five minutes with this man? We'll give you ten dollars if you can. Depends, they're fighting or shagging. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I tell you now, if I'm fighting him, I can last five minutes, but looking at that big boy, I'm thinking about two or three minutes and I'm off on one. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so the joke was there. The joke was there. I had to make it. I didn't yeah. have to make it. I have a problem. Uh, so. They have fight. <laughs> they have a fight, yeah. They have a baseball bat fight. Ox Baker has a baseball bat with nails in it. That's they both do. Really? Yeah, it gets to, basically it gets to like the end of the first round and they drop the bat and they give yeah. him one with nails in it and a shield. Well, going, a shield. It's a fucking lid for a garbage can. They're going European wrestling rules. They have rounds. There you go. I know this shit. <laughs> I'm just speaking what I know, bro. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, eventually this guy gets a nail-ridden baseball bat to the back of the head. Yeah. During crazy. which time... My my second favourite character in this full film gets stabbed in the fucking gut. <laughs> Frankenkid? Yeah, Frankenkid dies too soon. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen Frankenkid blown up. Yeah. Like, uh, I would like to have seen him gone, at the very least, gone down in like a blaze of glory or some shit like that, you know what I mean? At the very least, killed by the main character. It been Not cool. my fucking brain. Yeah, it would have been cool if like he was in the car um, going over the bridge. Yeah, and it got blown up. Yeah. yeah. But and you see, like, I don't know, his wee fucking heat. Or something like that. <laughs> but alas, no, he just gets stabbed in the stomach and bleeds out somewhere. Yeah, courtesy of Brain, the big jungle <laughs> bastard. Brain, Brain, just throughout this film, he cannot stop betraying cunts. He betrayed. <laughs> first, he betrays Snake at the bank job. Then, Snake finds him and he betrays fucking uh, the Duke to work with Snake. Mm. Then, he betrays Snake again by working for the Duke again. Then, when Snake is fight, while Snake is fighting, he chips Frankenkid and betrays the Duke again. <laughs> it's like to a to go back with Snake. It's like a psychotic need at this point. Yeah, it's just whoever <laughs> he ha- he cannot help but fuck someone over. If he's not fucking someone over, then he's not breathing. As far as the as far as brain is concerned. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, Frankenkid, we 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 hardly knew you. <laughs> Rest in peace. Does he even have a name? Bastard. What? Does he even have a name? Yeah, Frankenkid. I know that's what we call him. Well, that's his name. Uh, well, yeah, Frankenkid. No, I don't dead. know if he's ever named in the film. I don't think he is. I think he's just henchman number one or something. Yeah, Frankenkid's dead. Well, we should also. Uh, Frank we should is, mourn him. <laughs> Frank is dead. Snake kills Ox Baker with a fucking. With a nail ridden baseball bat to the back of the head. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Which um, is quite brutal, even though there's no blood in the scene. Yeah, he's just left sort of hanging over the rope. He's just, yes, fuck, man. And the fool, and everyone's chanting, Snake, 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 Snake. And everyone around the ring's going, fucking where? And uh, <laughs> <sighs> that, was, that was a dad joke, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was, yeah. 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 <laughs> but we were entering the home stretch of the movie. You know, Snake only has like, what, an hour left on his timer? Hour and a half. Yeah. Somehow that went down to about five minutes and like ten In like two seconds and then that <laughs> yeah. five minutes last two hours. Yeah. So they, he, he regroups the brain and uh, Maggie and They and jump the car and start going down the bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After he threatens to murder Brain again. <laughs> so brain very nearly gets, uh, well, brained and uh, he has the president in tow and he's ready to shoot Brain in the face 
at which point Brain reveals, hey, I'm the only one that can actually read that map because he must have drawn it out in mm. a weird way or something. Or like the way he's marked the mines isn't obvious or some shit like that. I don't know. For some ancillary fucking reason. Yeah, I don't think he even really gave one. I think he's just like, oh, no, no, Brain's the only one that can read the fucking map. Yeah. Great. Okay. Snake drives. Snake is uh, pushing that car too far, apparently. Uh, Going too fast, even though he's fine. Uh, he's driving the cabbie's cab. I've never seen an explosion happen so that the car actually splits in half that cleanly. I don't think anyone has. <laughs> apparently, but John Carpenter has, apparently. Uh, but uh, no, the car splits clean in two. The cabbie's dead. Mm-hmm. Long Very may sad. He, long may he live in the kingdom of heaven. R.I.P. Uh, Ernie Borg. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? R.I.P. Ernie Borg. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, we move on. And not very far, though. They, no, they not very far <laughs> until Brain, and his infinite wisdom, goes, we all need to turn left. Steps on the mine and blows himself to fucking smithereens. Uh, he was flying. He, he As you would if you stood on a fucking landmine. He fucking flies. He lands on top of an old car. He's gone. Yeah, Maggie yeah. then starts to mourn him and, like, takes Snake's gun and it's like, I'm just going to start shooting cunts. And she gets fucking rammed. Uh, after that was, yeah, that was... Pr- that was, oh my God. If this like, was, like, done by... If this was any later in the 80s, she would have been a fucking red mist. Oh, yeah, no. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that scene in Robocop when the guy comes out and it's like he's got, like, fingers, like, uncooked sausages and shit. Yeah. And it reminds me of that bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he, she gets fucking flattened, and like uh, you see her, you see her, like a little bit, you see a shot of her, like her dead body. That was apparently on Carpenter's garage floor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so Adrian Barbo died in uh, John Carpenter's garage. <laughs> <laughs> That's why her career ended. No, <laughs> her career ended because Hollywood cast agents are fucking stupid and won't put her in more shit because she's fucking awesome. She is. Uh, yeah, and then um, you know they make it to the wall, him and the president. Uh, yeah, but the president makes it up to the top of the wall, <laughs> and the snake's about to climb the rope as well. The, the and then rope, the duke pops out. Yeah, the rope is controlled by a uh, you know me- by a pulley system. It's yeah, like a pulley thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's and the president stops it. And it's about halfway down. Uh, and at this no, point, no, he doesn't stop it. Not at this point. The duke's sitting there, making his way towards him. Right. Mm-hmm. The president is now safe at the top of the wall. Snake is waiting for his chance to get up. The rope is fully lowered. Snake sees the Duke die, makes a dive, right? To get out of the way because he's holding a fucking Uzi, I think. Mm. Or a Mac 10. Not sure. Uh, there's not enough close up shots of the gun for me to really take a guess. It's a sci fi gun, who knows? It probably is just a random fucking, yeah, build. Uh, but, uh. So the Duke goes to. Get, take the rope up and get himself out at which point uh, he gets fucking jumped off a snake mm-hmm. who in his infinite wisdom jumps him knocks him out and then leaves the gun within reaching distance of the man who's trying to kill him and fucking bolts up the wall snake's a final girl snake's a pit <laughs> is what he is and anyway the he starts getting pulled up the wall, and it's at this point that someone, we don't know who... He's also had a minute 35 on his timer for like the last For the past minutes. two hours, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, with someone, we don't know who, stops the, the pulley. So Snake is now trapped on the wall, and the Duke slowly begins to walk out to try and take him out. And then, who else 
but the President of the United States of America M16 with fuck it is an M16 too <laughs> starts fucking turning the Duke into Swiss cheese while shouting you're the Duke you're the Duke you're number one you're the Duke yeah because when he had him one tied in beautiful Donald Pleasant's fashion yeah because when Duke had him tied up he was had him constantly asking like who am I you're the Duke you're the Duke Say you're number one in New York <laughs> no that's pish but I Snake makes it up, he runs rather quickly to uh, As you fucking would <laughs> to leave if you had leave. a minute to live. Uh, who then do, who then gets in the way of the doctor who's yeah, trying to let him scan and just like, give me the tape. And he goes, okay, give him the tape. Then the x-ray of his neck, the bombs are now neutralised. Mm-hmm. Everything's Donald, okay. Donald Pleasance is getting cleaned up for TV. Yep. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, we go to Donald Pleasance attempts to make a speech. Well, first, uh, well, first, uh, yes. Uh, Snake says he just wants. To oh know, yeah, he just wants to know how do you feel about how many people died for you there. <laughs> he doesn't really give a fuck. And yeah, he very clearly doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Do you think if he do you think if he gave like the right answer to in Snake's perspective, we would have given him the right tape? Yes, I fully believe that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that is exactly what that was. That was like a test in Snake's eyes to see like. Mm. Do you actually give a shit or were you just trying to save your own skin this entire time? Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, safe and to it say. turns out he was just trying to t- save his own skin and so Snake gives the tape. <laughs> no, because at this point he's already given the tape over. Oh, so he just didn't give a fuck either. So he just didn't give a shit, yeah. Ah, well, fair enough. You're right. <laughs> uh, so at this point Snake fucks off and uh, Donald Pleasance is given the speech, puts the tape in and some <laughs> classical... Fucking some random music plays. It's like some soul music or funk music. Or yeah, something. some. It feels like nineteen forties, like uh, fucking, uh, what's the word? Like speakeasy music. That's mm. what it feels <laughs> like. Starts playing. It's just his look on his face as well. It's like, oh, we're and fucked. he just looks fucking raging. Like, oh my <laughs> god, the world is going to be at war for another thirty years. God have, damn you, motherfucker! And we have like one of the best lines in the movie. He's like, "You're going to kill me now, snake." Like, nah, I'm too tired. <laughs> And he Maybe fucks later. up. Oh no, and he's like, the name's Pliskin. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we just kind of. film, he's been telling people to call him fucking Snake. And, and just... now, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the film just ends. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks away. He walks away, he's smoking, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, weird one. Fucking uh, Escape from New York, great movie. <laughs> I highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah, it's a fucking I fun will say watch. Though, I will say though, yeah. I don't think it's one of his best. Neither do I. That's kind of the point I was going to make. There are a few uh, notable scenes that are just fucking unnecessary to me. Mm. Uh, primarily being the sort of the sexual assault that we see in the beginning of the film. That's completely unnecessary and does kind of mark it down a little bit in my standings. Because... Mm. I mean, Jacob, you know how I personally feel about shit like that in movies, but yeah. especially when it's so completely unnecessary to the plot, it really, like, massively puts a film down in my kind of internal kind of rankings whenever that's in a film, and it's got nothing to do with anything else. It's mm-hmm. just there for the sake of shock value. I hate that. I fucking hate that. But uh, putting that to the side, the film is great. It is somewhat hampered by films that would come after it, yeah. And that there are many better action films in there. Die Hard, one of the best action films ever made. Uh, Aliens, Ditto, Terminator 2. There are better action films to watch. Mm-hmm. However, 
as a fan of John Carpenter, I would say this is a must-see in yeah. terms of his work. I mean, this it's, is definitely it's, one that I would say, yeah, fucking get it watched. It's definitely up there and held in such a high regard for a reason. Definitely, yes. Uh, as well as just some of the things that it inspired. I mean, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Metal Gear Solid, that the entire franchise owes its life, owes its main character to this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, fucking Hideo Kojima has said as much. He's came out fully and just admitted it was just like, oh yeah, no, Solid Snake is Snake Plissken. Yeah. I, I saw that film, loved the main character, and put him in my game. Mm-hmm. That is that is what I done. Yeah, and like, yeah. would I would I watch this film anytime soon again? Probably not. Yeah, I don't no. think I would either. It's one, although I wouldn't say I would never watch it again. No, I would probably like I could see myself picking this up. Uh, I could see myself elf putting this in, like I don't know, if, say for whatever reason. Asian I'm on like an action movie binge or something yeah. like that. I could see this being a part of that rotation. If this was on TV, I'd probably watch it. Yeah, yeah if I saw it on, if I saw it while flicking through the channels, not that I would because I don't pay my license. Fuck the BBC and uh, <laughs> fucking Tory propaganda wing. That is all it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, if I saw this movie on sale on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever as a fairly cheap price, I would probably pick it up. Yeah, so definitely worth a watch if you can find it. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I also yeah. think this is the last time, sadly, that we will see uh, some uh, Carpenter regulars in these movies. Um, yes, that is true. I think this is the last time we see Charles Cyphers, who is in this movie. We didn't really talk about him, but he is here. He, doesn't he is really... here. He doesn't have a major role, but he is in it quite a bit. I don't think we see Tom Atkins again. I don't know that we do. Either. I don't think we do. And we no. don't see Adrian Barbeau again. Do we not? No. Pish. No. We don't. Absolute pish. We do see Kurt Russell though. <laughs> yeah, we, fucking, we we won't stop seeing him. <laughs> yeah. Fuck um, me, man. I mean, yeah. Um, and John Carpenter are basically drinking buddies at this point in his career. Oh yeah, you should listen to the DVD commentary of this. They are great. Uh, any <laughs> like, yeah, that is one thing I would recommend. Any, any, the Carp- any, the- any Carpenter and Russell collaboration. Get the Blu-ray. Get the DVD. Or at the very least, think, I don't think get a hold have, of the. Get a hold of a version of this of the movie that has the director's commentary on there, because chances are there will be one of John Carpenter and Kurt Russell just laughing their asses off. Yeah, because they are drinking during them. They're, they're <laughs> just having a drink and swapping stories about the making of the film, taking the piss out of their own film. Yeah, the commentary for this is again hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my personal favourites commentaries that they've done together is the commentary for the thing, because they actually take themselves seriously for the first five minutes. And then they start, and then they start ripping it. But uh, it's great. It's uh, it's almost like a fucking uh, like a proto version of uh, a prototype version of Rift Tracks. Almost watching the director's commentary yeah. these two. Yeah. Well, yeah. Escape from New York, nineteen eighty. I would uh, recommend it if you're a Carpenter fan. I'd recommend it if you're an action fan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, less so sci-fi. There's a lot less sci-fi elements in there, although it is technically a science fiction film. Yeah. Uh, given the fact that it is set in the future and it does deal with uh, techn- with the whole idea of the advancement of technology somewhat police driving states, the plot police states and stuff yeah. yes very much so uh, I don't know if I would recommend it as a sci-fi film but definitely as an action movie definitely as a Kurt Russell movie and 100% recommended if you are one interested in John Carpenter as a director yeah if you're wanting something non-horror that he's done yeah yeah this is up there absolutely well thank you for listening uh Next time, next week, it's going to be a biggie. It's going to be a big one. 
It's the thing. <laughs> now, I feel the need to warn anyone who's listening to this. Right. The thing is one of, if not the best horror movie of all time, in my opinion. Mm. I fucking love this film to bits. I watch it every Halloween without fail. I know, probably the wrong John Carpenter film to watch at that time of year, but still. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. realistically speaking. Halloween's uh, been overdone. Yeah. yeah, I think we covered that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, I watch it every year without fail. That and Candyman are my two, like, constant. Every Halloween I'll watch those mm. two. And, uh, yeah, I love this film to bits. So this next episode is probably going to be a lot of gushing uh, over the film. Uh, getting into this, probably a little bit getting into the nitty gritty yes. of the film and how it was made because again this is another one that if you have even a passing interest in horror chances are you've seen it so yeah I don't know about your opinions on it I mean I, I fucking love the thing yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it it's a great movie um, yeah. do you want to come over and watch it together since we've already seen it or do you want to just do what we normally do because uh, I've got the Blu-ray sitting there I've got it as well I've got a copy of it Oh, fuck it. We'll just watch it separately. If it's uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I'll come over. Fuck yeah. I'll, again, I want to see your reaction to that. And I'll come over for... Um, I need to see your face when that film happens to you. I'll come over for... Uh, they Live it? as well. Yeah, because yeah. I haven't seen that one either. They Live's great. A lot of fun. But yeah, so next episode is going to be The Thing. Uh, as well as, uh, as per usual, we will have a wee five... We will have a wee five, ten, maybe fifteen minute segment in the start. If we have watched anything interesting prior to that, we'll be sure to let you know. Uh, our reaction to that. I do intend to go and see the Renfield movie uh, at some point over the next week. So mm -hmm. maybe. So I'll be giving you if that goes ahead, then I will be giving you my, my thoughts on that. But right, with, all, shit. <laughs> with all that out of the way, thank you very much for listening to Archive Panic. We have been your hosts Ben Nevin and Jacob Russell, and we hope hope you've enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you again next time. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Bye.